Hi, this is Dean Winyas here, and this is the Tigers, Tigers, blah, blah, blah podcast with Luke Flanagan and Rich Walker. Thanks for downloading and enjoy the show. Tigers, Tigers, blah, 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 with me, Luke Flanagan, and my co-host, Rich Walker. Now then. Now then. All right. Yeah, you? Yeah, not too bad. First episode of 2021. I know, let's not do that Happy New Year. I wasn't going to say, I was just going to say, first first episode of the the year. I'm glad. glad. That's, That's one of the positives, you know, about working from home, is you don't have to bump into people for like two weeks. After mm. New Year, and go like, oh, yeah. I haven't seen you this year. Happy New Year! Oh, uh, yeah, that give, sort of stuff. Yeah, give over. It's two yeah, weeks I'm... old. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. I'm a misanthrope. So, yeah. Well, I can't. I feel a lot of that. That sort of office banter bullshit is just not for me, really. Um, maybe we're, maybe we're cut from the same cloth. I don't know, but I can't <laughs> do with the same joke twenty five times that one funny the first time. Yeah. Probably just been away from people for too long by now. Yeah, possibly. So we're all most of us will be working from home again, no doubt as well. Yeah. People listening to this as well will probably be doing this during the lunchtime, but not not listening away from anywhere where they haven't just worked either, which makes it all the more surreal and a bit bit depressing sometimes. But <laughs> still, uh, obviously, yeah, first episode of twenty twenty one. Few thanks, obviously, before we just get started because we've actually got a win to talk about, haven't we? So we're going to do that. Um, we're just thanks on our Patreon. Obviously, we have uh, Lewis Elliott, uh, Danny Nicholl, Ewan Jones, Adam Brown, Rich Fleming, Alex O'Neill, Micah San, and Aaron Bell. So, thank you to all those guys. Um, we also have obviously Danny Johnson and Hull City Ladies who sponsor us. So, check out of those. Um, they obviously have had their season suspended, as with the rest of grassroots currently. It's only elite level football, apparently, that was given the go ahead. Um, so, I think it's only steps, I think it's only step one that's playing um i think conference counts as that i think they're actually still on aren't they yes um so. so under the under that though it's everything else is uh is suspended at least until well we don't even know when it's suspended <laughs> until do we um who knows who knows and then obviously fan hub underscore football as well as our other partner um so thank you to those guys um right we're going to do the good the bad and the number to start with aren't we yeah. Um and we're gonna talk about the Charlton game because actually, well, we recorded the Christmas episode, didn't we? Um, with added sleigh bells on the intro, <laughs> which was which was expertly done by yourself, which was very enjoyable. But obviously we didn't have a game. Lincoln and um Sunderland were both called off, although we do have now uh, a Sunderland game to look forward to. Uh at, at the weekend. So we've Charlton was our first game for a long time. Um, and you chose a good. I'll let you try and talk about that to start with. Okay. Um, well, my good uh, in the Charlton game was... Brandon Fleming. He looked, he grew into the game, and I, mm. not to say that I think he started it tentatively, and I actually thought, to begin with, he, 
he had a, a little bit of defending to do, and it was almost like it did his his confidence the world of good, um, because he was able to to defend whatever was was thrown at him quite well. Mm. Um, I've written, I've made some notes from the game because I don't know about you, but it gets two or three days afterwards, and I'm like, what did I do yesterday? And so I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> like my thoughts of the game that well, but I've written that I thought Fleming looked accomplished. Um, at both ends, and, and and with every kind of positive involvement that he had in in the game, he grew into it. And that was he wasn't just kind of steady away and 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 looking to kind of just play defensively. I thought he actually started to have an impact on the game in an attacking sense. The longer it went on, yeah, which was pleasing. You know, you look at his record, and he's he's not played an awful lot of professional football. He's still. You know, as far as the professional game goes, still relatively inexperienced. I think that was only his tenth league game or something for City. Mm. Um, he, did, he played a few games at the start of the season when Elder was out. Yeah, he did. Yeah, then That's he, it's, it's only his, his. I think it's his fourth league appearance of the season mm. uh, for 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 this year, anyway. Um, mm. So I'd, he's played a lot. He's played a lot of twenty threes football as well, hasn't he? When he's well, obviously he's been getting that game time. If he's not, if he's been on the bench or he's not been playing, he's he's been very much part of Dawson's plans for the under 23s. Yeah. Um but obviously as you say it's it's there's nothing like playing actual first team football is there for the experience and he didn't really look out of place at all did he in fact the more well, the game went on he, he grew into it even more I thought. I'd imagine there comes a point in a player's career where under 23s football will only help you so much and mm-hmm. I think I think Fleming having been out on loan with Bolton Wanderers last year, he's he's evidently at a point where he's ready for first team football now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he played ten games for them last season. Um, sorry, it wasn't. It was his second game. I was I was getting confused with with last season. It was his second game of this season. Uh, mm-hmm. Only only a second start at least yeah. in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, all right. Playing under twenty threes will give you the the fitness, you know, the game fitness that is, is yeah. important, particularly at the moment where players have to drop in at short notice. But in terms of development, playing in in league football is only really going to be the thing that will will help him out. But it was pleasing to see him step in, and and it didn't look really like he was missing a step at all. Like I say, he started he started well, but then every, with everything that he did, it was like you could see him grow into it, and it was almost like. I'm I'm good enough for this standard, mm. and I, he allowed him he allowed himself to make an impact on the game. I was you know I was really pleased with it. It's great to see us have proper depth at fullback. It's something that we've been missing for for quite a long time up until this season. So for him and Elder on the left side, and Emmanuel and Coyle on the right, both of them are you know, we are well staffed. Mm. And I think that that's good for the squad because when you've got two very very competent competent players either side, that'll like spare them on to make sure that they're they're not comfortable in the position. I guess. Yeah, competition for places, isn't it? Oh, um, definitely. I mean, I would expect you know even if Elderwood's come back into the team, you know, presume he's been out for you know COVID nineteen related yeah uh, yeah reasons. But it did seem that way because there was like five players missing. Yeah, um, and, you know, was... Josh McGuinness is one of them. We know that. Yeah, he, he in... gave an interview, didn't he, recently? That's yeah. pretty scary stuff, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, losing seven kilos in a week. 
Yeah. I mean, I wish I could do that after Christmas, not necessarily in the same way, but... No. <laughs> that is, it's a frightening amount of weight in such a short time, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I thought looking at the pictures of him that you saw, you could tell as well. Um, bit, yeah, a bit trimmer, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, but but obviously, yeah, obviously... There was him, there was Elder, Ingram, and, you know, whoever else, so... I think it's Reese Burke. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, But, obviously, Device was injured, wasn't he? Um, He he wasn't on the bench either, and I thought he might be one that was caught up in that, but I think it was actually an injury, because McCann had said today that that there was an injury. Yeah, Um, but, I mean, in with with all that, even if Elder is available for selection against Sunderland on Saturday, I would... mm. I would go with with Fleming. I thought he was, you know. I think he, I think it'd be very very harsh to drop him after the game yeah. against Charlton. To be yeah, fair. he's he's worthy of retaining the the position for me. Certainly, I'd agree with that. Um, I mentioned to you before when when we were talking just before we recorded, thought that free kick was in. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, I was surprised to see him given the responsibility to take that. To be fair, um, he's left footed, so it was the right position for him. I think that was. Yeah, even um, so, even so. You know, I, you, I would have you thought do expect... maybe uh, we thought Honeyman would have been on that, but then again, he'd been taken off. I think by that point. Yeah, um, I think he had to avoid um, to avoid a booking, which we'll come on to later. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> um, well, it's a nice little segue, I guess, because my good was Honeyman. Um, and I just think that we're a different team without Honeyman in the middle. Um, we are, aren't we? Yeah. We really are. I know we lost against Shrewsbury with Honeyman playing, but that wasn't really. Um, I mean, that was that was a Honeyman uh, Honeyman game where he was just all over the place. Still, wasn't he? He, he mm-hmm. never gave in with that. He should have scored at the end, admittedly. But you know, you're not going to have a perfect game every time, are you? Um, but the games after that, we really missed him, didn't we? Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. particularly the home games where you had uh, with Portsmouth um, and. I think I thought Portsmouth one of the, that was the main reason. I was just like we, we've got no drive or determination so in the midfield. Yeah, it's it just flat, wasn't it? There's nobody moving between. I mean, this it's it's a recent expression, isn't it? Moving between the lines or playing playing through the thirds or whatever. Um, but there was nobody kind of offering that um, mm. and and breaking positions just to offer that little bit of fluidity and attack and. When on Saturday you're watching Honeyman again, it's like it's you can just tell the, en- the energy like... he's got is just ridiculous. It's just I mean he'd been yeah. out injured for four games or whatever it was, three or four games, just slotted back in there. We automatically looked like we were, you know, we we put pressure on the back line and put pressure on the midfield. He just never stops. He's like a Duracell thing. You know? <laughs> he's just constant, and he was obviously he'd been out for a few games, so. I think there was there was the booking element that he was going to be uh, taken off for, but also he, he didn't want to run himself into the ground because we're going to have so many fixtures coming up, aren't we, where we're going to need him. Yeah, um, January's looking a bit yeah, ridiculous. And he's, we need to use him sparingly at different points. And if we are comfortable in a game, which I do think, you know, by the end of it, after that red card, I thought we didn't really look like we are going to concede. I think, we again, with, with Honeyman, it's just... I can't believe how how far my mind's been changed from when we started this podcast, and we started to you know look forward to right the season's restarting. We need to stay up, and all of that. When we picked our squad, Honeyman was nowhere near him, um, no. and he was one of the few positives I thought to come out of the the back end of last year, because yeah. although he, he you know he wasn't perfect every game, 
the effort, determination, and some of the set pieces, he, he started to show what he really could do towards the back end of last season, and he's kicked on this season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think he's been one of our players of the season. I don't know about the player of the season so far, but I certainly think he's up there. I think he has to be. So far, it's, for, it's between for him and Josh Emmanuel for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, the th- the thing with. Um... Funny run that gives him the edges, you know, his, his impact on the score sheet. Uh, yeah, he's, he has scored and he's, he's, he's one of the highest assisters in the league, I think. He's first. Nobody's. nobody's Is he first? Done more. Because he was seven yeah. or eight assists this season already, wasn't he? Yeah. And he know he scored a couple as well. So he's, he's got this is this is a modern one. Um he's got an expected assists per ninety oh, minutes of not point four eight. That's a new stat on me, that mate. Jeez expected Christ. assists. Expected assists. I mean expected goals annoys me, but expected assists. <laughs> Christ. It, well, it, it has it, it has its place. It's the stat of twenty twenty one. <laughs> expected assist. The, the other thing that that's noticeable is is the minutes that he's getting. Um, last year, mm. he played in forty two games in all in in the league. Yeah, uh, that includes substitute appearances. Mm-hmm. Last year, only got two thousand and fifty nine minutes. Whereas this year, he's only played in seventeen so far, but he's up to one thousand four hundred ninety two minutes in total. So he's involved. Bloody in hell! He's, he's gone right up. You know, it really has. Yeah. That's what I don't want to do maths on the fly because I'll make myself sound like an idiot. But it's he he has very few games now to top his minutes total for last season. Yeah. So you can see that you know his importance to the squad has really has really grown, and I think probably the the way that he finished last season has played you know no small part in that. Mm. Yeah. Well, see, I just think he was a player that when he was brought on last year was just like, uh, what's he going to do? He's going to run about and that. And that's I don't think I his position, his that's, position wasn't was, a set in stone. No, he didn't I agree. have, he didn't I have he the was, role that he has now. He was brought on a lot of times as a deep line midfielder, wasn't he? Mm. Um, to cover other injuries when Stewart wasn't playing or whatever. And he's he's, he's a ten, isn't he? he? He's a number ten. He's our best number ten. Well, he's excelling there at the moment. Is him and and obviously McGuinness is out um, after his experiences over Christmas, and we hope he gets better really soon. But. Um, the understanding them to have, I think, bring out the best in each other. Well, the, yeah, I was just about to say that it's not—it's not just about what Honeyman, what the individual contributions that he makes. It's also what he allows other players in in the side to do. And Greg Doherty obviously benefited mm. from his composure and, and awareness in the area to you know make that brilliant oh, that, back heel assist. That assist, honestly. But throughout games, Doherty plays better. When Honeyman's there, because mm. the space for him to move into, you know, if Honeyman's creating space by going in and, and making connections with, say, Wilkes, or if he's moving across the front line to whoever's on the left hand side, or playing with McGuinness or whoever else is ahead of him, then that allows Doherty to move around, you know, and, and look for pockets of space. So, mm. yeah, I mean, that, that assist, though, wasn't it? What, what, a, what a piece <laughs> of play that was. It was beautiful, yeah, it was, wasn't it? it? It was decent. It, that was so. That was the the whole movement, though. Of it. I mean, Keen Lewis Potter's movement to start with, um, to then chip the ball back across, and I can't believe Wilkes hit the bar from there. But <laughs> it was a bar on the <laughs> no, post. He, or he said as much himself on Instagram, didn't he? Yeah, 
Um, but then obviously the the vision he's got just to like think he think he's going to just smash it and he just back heels it absolutely mm. does everybody. Um, and then, again, somebody else who's come back really strong from having a few games out is, is Doherty. I think he's been very impressive yeah. um, over the last last few games. Um, he's obviously got himself his first goal against Oxford, didn't he? Um, and then he proper smashed that one as well. Um, could do wonders for his confidence as well because he'd gone quite a long time without scoring. And it's 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 as we know from looking at someone like Eves, it's it's harder the more you don't score, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, especially I think with with Doherty, he kind of had the expectation that he was going to be a goal scoring midfielder for us as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. I think his, his record at this level with Shrewsbury says that you know you would expect him to be hitting the back of the net with some regularity. Seven yeah. goals he got for Shrewsbury, you know, in a team that finished eight teams as well. Yeah. Um. So to to see him start to, to have an impact in that regard is is obviously good for him and, and very good for us because the more players that we can have scoring, mm. um, obviously the better it is. Yeah. You don't just want to rely on one or two, do you? No, you no, can't just no, rely you need on them from all over to... the pitch, don't you? Um, yeah. Because again, like, McGuinness is out. And again, if, if Wilkes, is, Wilkes is, has been good this season, but he's not going to be prolific every single game, is he? And if he is having a game where he's not particularly on it, um, you do wonder like where the goal's going to come from if we're not then well, going to yeah, start. I mean, you know, to be fair, Saturday was one of those those days where the forwards were struggling in front of goal. Mm. Um, or, you know, a delicate aside, but like Wilkes had some opportunities where he made some very frustrating decisions oh, there was... you know, to go for goal himself when he, he had others in better positions around him. There was that particular. There was the. I think it was was it after? I don't know if it was after or before the first goal. I think it may have been after. We may have been one 0 up. Was it? He, was it the one after the, the the decent dummy run from Doherty? And, and I think so. And then reason... did he just sort of cut inside with a little real cheeky little back heel behind himself? And then he yeah. ended up shooting straight at the keeper. Like he did all the hard work. He just he mugged three of them off to get should a have shot. Played him in. And he could have played. Doherty was running the other side. He could have just yeah. slid it across and he'd have tapped it in. But he shot from outside the area and it was poor. Yeah, um, I mean, not going to get that, I think. But that was one of the the stories of the game, wasn't it? it was, mm. uh, one nil at half time, and really we should have been out of sight because yeah. it was that chance for Wilkes. Honeyman had one from a corner mm. um, where he leaned back and it went over, and then Eve's oh Eve's um, header from Honeyman's cross. Yeah, so maybe you know that's that's possibly a decent segue because unfortunately Tom Eve's has, has come out as my bad again. Mm. Um, he's still struggling in front of goal, isn't he? He really is. Yeah. Um, there was a, there was an awful lot again on of negativity at half time on on Twitter towards Eves, and I understand it in part in this respect because I just watched forty five minutes where I'd gone. He should have had two goals there. Blazed one over and, the bar. The header should have done far better with it. Yeah, um, it was very poor, wasn't it? I thought, and then, I thought his play other than that wasn't bad, but when you've got the chances, you've got to take them, haven't you? Yeah, he's going to be measured on those chances, um, unfortunately mm. for him. Because like you say, a, a lot of his other play in the game was good, mm. but when you get you get two chances of the quality that he had, you've got to be taking them, and particularly the header. Maybe, maybe the second one, um, where he kind of lashed at a half volley, after he was put in it behind did, the centre-back. bounce up a little bit, but he should be getting his head on that. I think he should be at least testing the keeper there. I think he had a lot more time than he thought he did. Mm, potentially. 
Which I saw, I saw a lot where it was just like he's paid to put the ball in the net. That's awful. And I kind of, I get it, I, I, I get it. But I thought, I thought we turned the corner with Eves. I thought, I thought after him scoring against Ipswich, he'd kick on, and then scoring after Doncaster, he'd kick on as well because that was such a vital goal as well. The Donny one. I think that's one one of the struggles that he has is when when he does have a moment where you think, right, that's it now. And we thought he had one against Bristol Rovers earlier in the season as well, where he scored and assisted. Every time he seems to have one of those games, it's like, okay, he can, he can get on a little run now. His next one is frustrating and you can see it kind of weighing on him or at least it looks like it is. Obviously, we don't know. We don't don't know the bloke. We can't talk to him, but um, yeah. it, it looks that way from the outside that he just, he has one good moment and then he can't get on a run with it. And it's like, that's his chance. Like, he's taking it finally. He's like, yes, kick on, but he gets, he, he just doesn't. Yeah, well, I, I, mean, I feel real sorry for him in many ways. I know a lot of City fans won't because they're fuming that, you know, we're not more, you know, scoring more in front of goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, He's got a chance now, though, hasn't he? To, well, to McGuinness won't run play together in the weeks, team. I, don't think, I wouldn't imagine so, no. Um, you, can't, you can't lose that kind of weight. And, and well, even when he said it, I, I, thought, um, I thought my lungs wouldn't open up, he said, at one point. Yeah. Um, because he's got asthma, Scary hasn't he? That. So he's... He, yeah. It is. It's, it's, that's a worry, and obviously, I hope he gets better quickly. But there is no other recognised proper central experienced striker, is there? At the minute, if you look, if you listen to what McCann said, Lewis Potter's got an injury, so he said. Because um, obviously, is, is that's... he picking, picking splinters out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other one you could have through the middle is Wilkes, but I think we've said this before. I think. For for certain games, it's worked, but I think he's really I'm much not better sure off that on the right hand side, isn't it? We don't really have that luxury now of, of being able to play Wilkes through the middle either, because then we lose something out wide. You know, if if Lewis Potter's injured or you know unavailable to start mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Well, he said he was um, injured today. He yeah, well, yeah, so knock, but I saw that. I mean, the hoping that he might he might make it, but whether he'll start or not is something else entirely, isn't it? Mm. Um. But with with that, uh, with Samuelson still out, we've lost the Delican this week. We don't have um, the options out wide that we had mm. you know, a month ago. Yeah. So it's. I think if you put Wilkes through the middle, then you, you're costing yourself. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I just see the the issue is against Leeds. He played central and he's excellent, but it's a different sort of game as well, wasn't it? The Leeds game, we didn't, we weren't expected to have most of the ball, and I think in a lot of no, the games, we didn't. a lot of the games, particularly when we play at home, we'll have sixty, seventy percent of the ball, won't we? A lot of the time, I think teams will invite. I don't us know to about go. that. I don't know if we'd, we'd have quite that much. I think we're a team really that thrives without it. I, th- I think. Anything. I do think we're better without the ball. But what I'm saying is, if you've got somebody like Shrewsbury coming to us, they're going to camp deep and just let us have the ball and say break us down because they know that. If they play certain tactics against four three three, we are going to struggle. That was the point I was trying to make. Oh, okay, no. um, I'd not say we're going to have 70 percent possession in every game because we won't, and I don't think it was certainly like that against Charlton for the for the majority of it. No, um, but we are going to, those teams that are struggling. Um, you know, Shrewsbury, the perfect example. They played the same way three times against three top four teams, and they won one nil each time. <laughs> mm. So you know, if if you get your tactics right and you you, you drilled defensively, I think, when you play that, because they played the 5-4-1, really, didn't they, um, when we played them? Yeah. 
Um, but I just think that when I think we need Wilkes out wide, particularly like you say with Adelican now not there because um, he's been recalled. I don't know if you just wanted a quick word on that and what your feelings were. Um, I think if things were different with Lewis Potter, mm. uh, it wouldn't be as big of a loss as it is. Yeah. Um, I think with Adelican, we saw in glimpses what he's capable of. Yeah. But he didn't produce it often enough. Mm. If he's available in in the summer on a free transfer, which is you know it, what I've heard is that his, his contract's up at Bristol City in in the summer, then you know it'd certainly be one that you'd look at again if there's no transfer fee involved. I didn't know if there but, was a if there was a little ploy on the part of Bristol City to go well, we'll recall him, and then if you want him, you'll have to pay because he goes for free at the end of the year, and you'd have to fight maybe. out with loads of other clubs. I didn't know if that was just a ploy from them. It might be you don't you don't know. You could look at that and say, but we've got we've got an advantage over other teams in that he's been here. He knows what it's like. He knows the squad and he knows the manager and he knows he's valued. So I think there's certainly a player in there. I know there's yeah, there's a lot, oh, definitely a lot, a lot of you know, without doubt. I mean, but I think he's inconsistent. But the reason he's inconsistent is because he's barely played for two years before he joined us. Well, exactly. Um, that's that's the other thing. If 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 when his contract expires in the summer and other teams are making him offers, hmm. he knows for certain that he's got a manager here, trusts him, values him, and wants yeah. wants to play. And so you know his career is short and he's he's young, but he'll want to play. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we just do my bad before we go on to the number and the uh, Sunderland preview. Um, yeah. My bad was, <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts were on this, was the official. <laughs> um, I mean, we were on the, we weren't on the receiving end of a bad decision for once because um, obviously Prattley, um, the aptly named Prattley, um, got red carded. Um, I don't know if you'd seen the incident after um, and what you thought of the whole debacle, but also it wasn't just that, was it? Because before half time, there was a sizable stop in play and he came over and spoke to both managers. I've never really seen that happen outside of Sunday League. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I was interested in your take on it because I haven't spoken to you since the game. So, If I'm honest, I didn't make a lot of the referee from our point of view because we didn't suffer from him. Mm. Um, I've not seen the incident back uh, with with Prattley sending off, have you not? Um, although I, no, I understand oh, right. it was for a kick, but if you know if it was a City player being sent off, I'd have probably looked back at it with a mm. little bit more, um, of, you know, scrutinise it a little bit more. But with with Darren Prattley being sent off, I can't say I'm bothered. Um, no, I, I think could have said, like I said, I think I think that one went in our favour, but. It did, and, and and to be fair to him, he made another decision as well that I thought went in our favour because I thought Charlton would, would feel a little bit hard done by to have not been awarded a penalty in the second half. Yeah, um, the grabbing. I thought there was a handball. Oh, was that the handball? No, I thought there was. I, yeah, I thought there was a handball. Um, I think it was um... maybe Greaves. Is it in the second <sighs> half? Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to say it was Emmanuel. Hmm. I'm trying to think uh, of that. There was, a, I'm sure there was another one where they said they were being grabbed in the area, and the referee wouldn't have any of it. Yeah, possibly. I mean, the one I'm sure it was Emmanuel where it struck his arm, and I think they they mentioned it. Mm. Um, it I think he went up for a header, 
off a corner and I think it struck his arm. Um, I think they mentioned it in their tweets where the team <laughs> analysts footage or something. <laughs> oh, I, did, I, I loved um, the uh, City admins reply to that. <laughs> Um, yeah, how, we've, how, to, we've, how to do Twitter without without digging anybody exactly. out? Exactly, um, it was nothing, nothing personal, personal or anything like that. It was just we've checked the footage, just like you, and we found that we won two 0 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was quite take note, Leeds United. Yeah, we've got class, and they are <laughs> uh, very classy from our uh, our PR and social media team. I'm sure. Um, yeah, but so I mean, I, I you know the the incident in. Their penalty area before half time, yeah. I believe something was said, uh, it, you know, from McCann's interview. Because I listened, yeah, I listened to that too, and and he said, um, "I'm confident, having seen everything back and talked to the players, nothing will come of us." Um, I think somebody said something to Honeyman because Honeyman looked like he was going to knock somebody out. In my opinion, <laughs> he was having to yeah, be held back. Up, he, was, he? he was proper wound up, was that lad? Um, and I know it didn't take much for him on the pitch to be wound up, but not to that degree. Um, Something was definitely. It was said. that kind of game, though, wasn't it? I mean, we were Charlton were just thugs, weren't they? They just wanted. I wouldn't to... say. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say they were thugs. It was just weirdly chippy without having an incident that really sparked it off. If your manager was Lee there was no big tackle. There was nothing no, like no. that. It was just. It was oddly. I mean, chippy's the word. I think it was. There was just kind of like an edge to it mm. that hadn't really been earned in play. It was like. Bowyer had almost tried to make it that way throughout the week when he talked about was wanting to put the game back to the Sunday and he talked about the state of the pitch. In, in fairness, the pitch like he, was much improved from previous games. <laughs> but it was like he was looking for things to yeah. kind of get his players riled up. Mm. And it and it worked to a degree, but without kind of translating into a you know, a performance where you could say they were physical or anything like that. It was just like they were a little bit a little bit whiny. Yeah. <laughs> just shut the fuck um, up, basically, to all of their players. It was whiny's right. I think whiny's a good word to describe him. Their captain, Pierce, was just in the referee's ear all the time. Yeah. Lino, Lino, you've got to so... fucking see that. I thought I was looking at... Uh, you remember when you've seen Colin Wanker do that? When you when we watched <laughs> Warnock when he was Sheffield United manager and then cameras followed him around. You know, he was just shouting everything at the linesman and the referee all the time. It just reminded me of that a little bit. And he was very animated on the touchline, was Boyer. Um But yeah, it was. I don't know. I, just, I know we benefited from it, but I did think that the referee struggled for control quite a lot of the time. Um, but we've come to expect that with League One referees, really, haven't we? We have, yeah. I mean, in in, in the end, for us, you know, it was it was job well done. Mm. Thought Charlton were going to present more of a threat to us than they did. Uh, we saw them off quite comfortably. I thought um, just a couple of other. Like points that I had from the game, mm. I thought our defensive shape was very good. Yep. Um, you know, we were very compact, uh, at least in the first half, like 4 5 1. I thought Wilkes and Adelican came back in and, and, and covered the, the full backs very well. And, and then when they made their tactical tweak in the second half to go three at the back and get their full backs in as wing backs mm. and, and try and get in behind those wide men, we just gambled on it. Yeah. And I thought we said, we said, "Go on, then you can you can get behind us, and we'll get behind you, and we'll see who's got the greater threat." As soon as he brought like um, Lewis Potter on one wing and Wilkes yeah, on the other, we had the the power to counter, and it worked, didn't it? That little bit of um, boldness from us just kind of nullified that. Yeah. It was almost like they they said, "Well, we need to get an equaliser back, so we're going to do it this way." 
And we said, well, okay, you can try and equalise, but, but at the same time, you allow us this space and we will stre- we'll score again. Especially when they and had they, 10 men at that point. Yeah, they sort of tucked in at that point and it was, um, you know, they weren't able to commit bodies forward quite as readily as I thought they would have wanted to. Yeah. Um, so, you know, all in all, I thought it was a decent game. Also, Matt, uh, not Matt Greaves, <laughs> Jacob, Jacob Greaves Jacob was was uh, excellent as well. I, I thought after a few um, a few games where it was shaking like he was, a little bit, I guess. Yeah, yeah. shake a little. You know, Portsmouth would have been one. Yeah, yeah, in front of the sky cameras would have been highlighted for. I thought he was excellent on Saturday. He was really commanding. Him and Alfie Jones looked very mm, good. He was a good. He was another good face to see back, wasn't he, Alfie Jones? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was played well. Right then. Um, do you want to do our numbers? Can do. So do numbers first. Voice. I've got Sunderland and anything else. Um, I believe. What was your number? Uh, Nineteen. Nineteen. Uh, and what does that refer to, my good sir? It's the number of games we've played. Right. <laughs> Boring stat, you would think. No, but... no, probably not. I'm sure you're going somewhere with this. Yeah, I'm going somewhere with it. So because we played nineteen games now. Uh, Callum Elder, George Honeyman and Richie Smallwood have all remained on four bookings in that 19 games uh, and that is the um, yellow card uh, amnesty uh, at this point in the season. So it means that those three players are now no longer under threat and suspension for their next book booking, which given their importance to the team, I think is uh, worth mentioning. Definitely. Um, that was always the worry. Yeah, we talked about this before, like, oh, they're still on, like, one more booking and they get suspension. They've been treading that tight world for a while as well. It's about it's four like... or five games, isn't it? We've, we've I think been more talking than that. Has it been more than that? I think so. They all love a booking. <laughs> <laughs> Smallwood particularly. Smallwood does. Um, he was, I think he, did he elbow somebody against Charlton? I don't know if it was accidental or not, but some one of their players went down like a sack of shit. I know that. <laughs> and they were pointing out... Uh, Smallwood and the referee just ignored it. Um, just Smallwood doing Smallwood things. Small, Smallwood just going around, just generally being a bastard. Yeah, that, a good game that we all love him for. <laughs> um, that's that's another one. Just an, on a side, Richie Smallwood, who hasn't played properly for eighteen months, and the amount of games he's played this season. Mm. That he's, he's he did have a little bit of a dip in form in the last two or three games, in my opinion. And I do yeah, think that's the probably the midfield had changed. Yeah, I mean, without Honeyman there, and then you. You play with people that you're not playing with, with you know, week in, week out, and you've got... he, he, without a lot more with the ball as well. Mm. He he was, you know, in possession in areas where he usually wouldn't have to be. Yes. Um. Yeah. You know, so... the man that was that was looking to make something happen, and it's it's not in his, uh, you know, one of his strengths. So yeah. that's possibly why it was noticed that he perhaps hasn't been playing as well. Potentially. Um, but he, was, he was very, he, yeah, yeah. But he was very good against Charlton. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so, those, yeah, those three players. games and those players are now no longer um, going to get a, a, a one-match ban if they get booked again, which no, is good news. They would, to to um, have a suspension from bookings, they'd need to pick up 10 now uh, before we play our 37th game. So they've got some time. And right, they, they also I'm sure have... Smallwood will get there. He'll try. <laughs> <laughs> <Good lad. laughs> 
that's that's six more bookings till it gets to ten, isn't it? So yeah, we're we're good for twelve weeks or so. Yeah, you need six more. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It's a bit of work out, right? Um, (laughs) Nineteen games in, then what we sit second, don't we? Mm -hmm. Um, Is that where you expected us to be? Uh, at the start, the of, the start of the season, yeah. No, no, I expected us to be doing a lot worse. Mm. Um, I agree with what you said, hundred percent. Because actually, I think um, after the first Sunderland game, uh, obviously it was nil nil, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, this is in the Carabao. It was so early in the season; you couldn't tell an awful lot from that game. However, it didn't fill you with confidence to go right. We're going to kick on this season, did it? And it was only after the first sort of four, when we had the first four games and we won all of them, we were like, all right, this is, I'm liking this again. This is good. Because a lot of people, I think, now, because we were top, you know, say three weeks ago, we were top, weren't we? And because we've had three or four bad results, people are already then starting to play the typical city card and going, well, we're just not good enough, are we? Um, and actually, if you'd have said to most people at the start of the season, New Year's Day, well, game after New Year's Day, we'll be second in the table, would you take it? And you would have thought most people would. Yeah, I think I think most people would have done. It's The trouble is with that, you're constantly re-evaluating your expectations with every week, aren't you? I, I, think, I think I agree with that 100% as well. Um, I remember this throws me, I know I don't like to compare to other clubs, but it does strike, do you remember, you remember when Leicester won the league, right? How could and we forget? Every time they asked Claudio Ranieri at the time, do you change your expectations? You said, no, no, we're going to get 40 points and make sure we're safe. <laughs> but you, it, it, realistically, he wasn't doing that. It was just a thing to play everything down so you know nobody got overexcited. Mm-hmm. But it, it, you, you, you do automatically reevaluate your expectations, don't you? you do. that's, why, yeah. that's why people have gone, oh, we're doing shit now. Uh, things have got to change. Like Because it's two or three games in. And we've gone from top and then not scoring in three at home or whatever it was. So obviously, hopefully the the Charlton if the Charlton win kind of puts us back on the straight and narrow if you like. But I, I think we're still doing all right. I'm, I'm still thinking so far that it's been a pretty successful season. I don't know about you, but as long as we're promoted at the end of it, that's the other bit, isn't it? Because yeah. if we have a disastrous second half of the season and end up coming sixteenth. It's been awful, hasn't it? Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> there's still a long way to go yet, but they are outperforming my expectations. I think the reason I expected this season to be a, a struggle is just the record that we had at the end of last season. Mm. It's it's a very difficult thing to turn that around. And I know that people were disappointed with the, the four games before the Charlton game, you know, three defeats and a draw. And given the nature of the performances, you know, had every reason to be. Um, yeah. But I think you can't really underestimate how well they've done, um, the players and, and the coaching staff, really, to kind of turn it around where, other than other than in the fans' minds, what went on last season no longer seems to have an effect or, you know, carry any weight. That's a very difficult thing to kind of, wipe that away from your squad's mentality and I think they've done that which mm. is, is something they deserve credit for do I you know, think that they've done brilliantly and I'm 
talking about the coaching staff here, do I think they've done brilliantly in everything they've had to do this season? No, not necessarily. I think there are, they have made mistakes and there are instances where you can say, have they learned from what they did badly last season? Mm. And again, I don't know if you can say that all the time, but I think that's something that they deserve credit for, at least for me. You know, that's, mm. that's my opinion. I think it's, it's not an easy thing to do and I didn't expect them to do it as quickly as they did. That's fair to say. It was rotten last season, wasn't it? The end of last season was absolutely rotten, and I think it was the it was one of the worst times I remember watching City. Yeah, with a quick turnaround and you know retaining a number of those players. What was it four points in eleven games? I can't even remember. It was just it was just wank on it. But, Let's but be to, honest, it was wank. To a, <laughs> not wiped it away because it's still an issue for you know fans and stuff. Rightly, we we remember. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, yeah. But to have. have kind of help the squad move on past that. I think that's the most important thing because it's them that's going out there and affecting it. Mm. I think to have done that, it's it's something that they deserve credit for. Certainly. Um, yeah, mine was 200. And that was, um, to my calculation, the amount of minutes we hadn't, cons- we hadn't scored a goal at home uh, until we scored with the Delican tapping in uh, on around 20 minutes. Um, and that was... It's it's quite a um, it was it was an important goal that wasn't it because um, the the longer you go without scoring I think the harder it becomes because say Adela Canante scored that and then you look at the two Eves chances that came straight after because they're pretty good chances as we talked about before and he didn't take them mm-hmm. um, I think that did everybody the world of good because we we had struggled in front of goal haven't we. Um, yes. For for quite a, a number of home games, particularly, I know we we played Blackpool away and we did score two, but some of the defending left a lot to be desired. Particularly um, <laughs> when we'd just gone and scored with Reese Burke at like eighty nine minutes, and then we go and concede at the other end two minutes later, it was absolutely sickening. But um, at least we'd scored those games; we just couldn't defend. But we we were conceding soft goals and and just not looking like we'd score at all, were we? So. Um, I mean that that Portsmouth game we could have played three of them. Oh God! I mean they didn't have any shots on target. They won fucking two 0 because we scored two goals for them. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was just the epitome of of uh, not your night, wasn't it? Yes, that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean it really was. You know, because they're five of your squad go and get COVID from it. <laughs> oh mate, well I'm sure that came, that came from Portsmouth, though, didn't it? Because one of their players was out, and I think he tested positive, didn't play. But I think obviously other players are coming to contact, yeah. and later on they tested, and that's the danger of it, I suppose. We might be putting two and two together and getting five there. It's, it's very possibly. It may not be that, but it it seemed fairly likely to me that that was an explanation that could be believable. I think mm. um, it's plausible. Let's say, yeah. Um, and I know it said in the, again in the press it said McGuinness had felt unwell straight after the yeah, um, so. game, didn't he? So mm-hmm. um, hopefully that's all put to bed now. And I, I mean, I'd, obviously you know, we need to talk about the Sunderland game. Um, this is a rearranged from Boxing Day, but we should have been playing Wigan on Saturday, shouldn't we, on, yes. on Sky? Yes. And obviously, due to the FA Cup, I don't think they had any fixtures on Sky, and that's why they've shifted that around. That seems to be my understanding. Yeah, but, I think that's why they've been so keen to get this game on as well. Um, I think it was contingent on uh, the second round of COVID testing for both clubs this week. Mm. And that's that's why it was you know a late announcement as well that it had been rearranged. So I think it was always in the pipeline once the Wigan game went down. Mm. Yeah, 
Um, but obviously, that's it's good that we, you know, we had a two over two week break, didn't we, over Christmas, um, without a fixture. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's good to get good to get the fixtures played now because this is going to be a problem, isn't it? The backlog yes, I mean, of fixtures. Our, our schedule. What is it? Nine games in thirty two days or something. I now. dread to think what Accrington's are. Not that I particularly feel sorry for them, but they've played three or four games less than everybody else because they yeah. had the COVID thing very early on, didn't they? And they had like three or four games cancelled then. Yeah. On top of the other ones that they've then had cancelled as well, due to not due to their club, but due to others. And we played them twice in like four days or something, don't we? Because um, I think uh, we play them. Yeah, it's, it's definitely twice in a week, anyway. I think we play them on the Tuesday at home. That's a rearranged one, and then we play them away on the Saturday, I believe. Um, that's mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks' time. So we are going to need. Yeah, it was interesting to hear. I can talk today about um, some of the young lads potentially leaving on loan. Yeah, Festus Arthur. Festus Arthur yeah. was apparently Rochdale are in for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not well, playing seems... games in the first team, is he? I mean, he's 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 played in the Papa John's Trophy and stuff. And by all by all accounts, you know, I still fail to believe that he was offside for that goal against Crew, but it wasn't given. <laughs> um, so he could have had his best city senior goal, but he's obviously quite he's still quite young and needs to develop, and he won't get game time ahead of, for example, Alfie Jones, Reese Burke, and and Jacob no, Griggs, will he? So he's probably the right thing the to do. Order. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd just be interested to see if how many how, how many other youngsters they let go because somebody like Billy Chadwick has done really well, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's on got fire, f- isn't he? Four goals in four games or something for FC Halifax. I know that is conference, but still, I mean, it's it's good competitive league, isn't it? Um, yeah. For for a young lad like that, so that's only a month loan. I understand that they may extend that if they they may be quite keen to extend extend it if he's banging yeah. girls in for fun like that. But if he, I'd, I'd extend it, it'd be good for his development. If I think it would be. If he's it, playing well and he's... he's, he's it seems a shame to start. take him away. If he's, get, if he's yeah. a starter every single game, it'll be great for him for next year, won't it? But yeah. um, I'd just be interested to see how the squad copes because we obviously we've got the players to come back after the positive COVID test. But I do, I, I do worry about January the amount of games that we've got coming and obviously mm-hmm. the, the first one we have is, is Sunderland um, they've got a new manager um, what are your thoughts on uh, Lee Johnson um, do you have much opinion about him or could you not give a toss I've not watched enough of his teams to really be able to to have an opinion on him he's not a manager that sticks out in the mind for me mm. um, I've got as far as I'm aware, no reason to dislike him. <laughs> um, wait till <laughs> we play them. On, wait till we play them on Saturday. Yeah, he's, he's not like, how, he isn't like no, that manager. It's normally how I remember managers, mm. um, whether they're a dick or not. <laughs> yeah, it's like Father, Father Ted, isn't it? People have really fucked me over down yeah, the years, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as far as I'm aware, Lee Johnson is not one of them. <laughs> not, but not now yet. we move on to liars. <laughs> <laughs> I um I asked a couple of people what they thought of who I knew through um through some of the writing that I've done about Lee Johnson because they were Bristol fans, um and also there was a couple I've forgotten where he was before Bristol that City. Bristol uh, City fans Bristol they won't thank you for calling him Bristol well I, I don't really give a fuck to be honest but <laughs> Bristol City fans and um I've forgotten where he was before that he was definitely at Oldham at one point Yeovil was it Yeovil yeah okay. yeah so there was a couple of other. Um, fans of other clubs that had just called him an angry little dwarf 
Um, so they they think he's got little man syndrome. Oh, he's... sorry, sorry, it was Barnsley played oh, it Barnsley? at Yeovil. Uh, played yeah, at Yeovil. played at Yeovil. Yeah. So I, I don't think he's made himself popular whenever he's played against some of the fans of the clubs that I've spoke to. They, they, none of them had really a, a, a positive thing to say about him. But sometimes, yeah, I don't know. I, I've never really watched a game where he's been manager. I think the only he was manager when we played Bristol City back end of last season, wasn't he? Because he got sacked yeah. after that. And I don't really remember anything where I disliked him more than I, I like disliked my own team's performance. <laughs> uh, well, ex- exactly. Um, he's been, or he was Bristol City manager ever since you know we got relegated to the Championship the last yeah. time. Yeah. So, you know, we've seen a, a fair bit of his teams. Um mm. He's got a job on at Sunderland, though, to kind of turn their form around. It's, um, a, it's a big job to take because the expectations yeah. are so high there, aren't they? And they've not really had that bank since he took over either. They've only won one of the games. What's he been in? Four games now. Yeah, they beat um, Lincoln 4-0 away. But since yeah. then, they've not kicked on from that, have they? I mean, a, nil, a nil-nil draw at the weekend against Northampton. Yeah, that's um, that's not a good result at all, is it? No, uh-huh. Northampton 19th in the league, but the thing is, Sunderland, let's you know Sunderland win on Saturday. And mm. They've got a game in hand on Charlton, who are sixth, and that will put them level on points with you know where Charlton are at the minute. So they could mm. play themselves into contention. They're not that far off that you can dismiss them. No, um, they've got a few players missing as well. Um, I'm probably going to butcher some pronunciations here. Um, go ahead. Got, Nothing worse got, uh, than I do. Is it Luke O'Neill's out? Uh, O'Neill, yeah. Yeah, Denver Hume is out. Um, apparently, they're both close to full fitness, but uh, probably not likely to play. Sounds as similar uh, to the Callum Jones situation. Yeah, uh, but Fadzian is out, mm. um, or was out the last game, but he might be in contention for Saturday. So I know it's Charlie White who who's been scoring, and, and Aidan McGeady's still there. He yeah he playing yeah playing quite a, well so by all accounts. I think bit of an Indian summer from um, for Aidan McGeady. It's, it's a bit mad that Aidan McGeady's gone from playing from Celtic to Spartak Moscow to Everton, where he's yeah. now Sunderland League One, and he was out on loan last last year to Charlton as well. So he played against yeah. against us last year. We played for Charlton, didn't he? So I always liked him when he was at Celtic. I enjoyed watching mm. him for them. He's he's um, he's got a he's got good trickery, certainly. I just think in some games he does go missing, but he's always got yeah. that quality, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah. So. I think um, as well. I mean, they've been they played um, played Dion Sanderson at left back on Saturday, didn't they? Did they really? Uh, I didn't catch yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, um, and he's not, as I understand it, he's he's not a left-footed player. So if, if <laughs> Well, you know, that, that'd be Wilkes' dream. That exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh, but then you know, Wilkes wants to come inside, which presumably would be uh, Sanderson's stronger foot. And he's like, "Well, go on, then I'll show you." Let's let's yeah, see well, how you do there. So it might play. In, it, it might play into the hands. Um, but no, I'm anticipating a good game. I think they'll be up for it. It's it's been building their local press as a you know a Big crucial game. promotion mm-hmm. battle. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad they've they've been able to rearrange it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you know, given the the break that we had over Christmas, I think in the end that'll probably have done a lot of the squad some good to recuperate. Exactly, yeah. 
I know I enjoyed not having any football to watch over Christmas. It was quite nice. Couldn't get disappointed, could you, by your own team yeah. over Christmas? Exactly. I had nothing to do but um, <laughs> eat chocolate and, and brie, you know, not necessarily at the same time, but. It's because that's, that's an odd combination. If you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one was my, one was my main, and the other was my pudding. <laughs> Which way around was it? Uh, <laughs> but so, yeah, I mean, and then you look at Sunderland's home form. They've played nine, and they've won three, drawn three, and lost three. Mm. And they're not scoring a lot. They've only scored nine goals in those fixtures, and they've uh, conceded ten. So they're, they're pretty average, you would have to say, at home. Mm, I think, in some respects, we're we're a similar style of club because I think people think that you know that there are some some teams in in League One where you just look at the stadiums and what they can hold because obviously we have a twenty five thousand seater and when you've got when we went up through the leagues like before, City were a team where people it was like their cup final, wasn't it? And I don't necessarily yeah. think it's necessarily the same now. I think you know Sunderland. Sunderland the recent history that. They, that that's them, isn't it? That's yeah. they are us of you know sixteen years ago to me. Um, and I know they've obviously they've not had the new manager bounce that they thought they might have under Johnson. Um, but it's going to be. I think it'd be a good game. But yeah, um, they've just... got it all to do though. They've won once at home in the last five, and that was that was when they beat Ipswich on November the third. Yeah. Um, so they've got it all to do. And like I say about their home form, it is, it is pretty poor when you look at it. I think uh, they do play better away from home a lot of the time. It might play into our, uh, our hands because, you know, we... Possibly. Do... When, when you look at the league on, on only home form, Sunderland are 17th. Does it really? Then, yeah. yeah. But then away, they're fifth. Mm. They're, they're, they're nearly as good as we are. Counter-attacking um, team then. There must be. It must be this, this similar style to... Because I think when we... When we counter, we should against Charlton. We let Charlton have the ball that second half a little bit. We just say, "Right, cheers, thanks very much." We'll go up mm. the wings and score. Um, that's where our threat is. That's it. Sunderland will be expected being the home side. They they'll try and control it. It's it's just so different without crowds, isn't it? Because you know, if there was a forty odd thousand in Stadium Alight, we would be playing counter attacking football, wouldn't we? Because that's the way we'd have to play. But it's a little bit of a leveler without crowds, still to me. Yeah. I think that the yeah, way that the way that teams play is not necessarily how it would be if there were full stadiums. Um, and obviously, we're well, speaking of COVID as well. The Southampton Shrewsbury game has just been postponed as well. Has it? Yeah, the FA Cup game. So obviously, how's that's... that working now? Is it, is it if you can't fulfil your fixtures, do you have to forfeit? I'm not sure which. I think it was. There's no. There's no room for rearranged fixtures in the FA Cup this season, is there? Um, I think from what I'm reading, it says no club will automatically have to forfeit an FA Cup game if they're affected by coronavirus. Um, the FA will assess um, the, each case on its individual circumstances. So decisions made right. early next week. I think it's the Carabao where they've just said, if you can't fulfil your fixture, you, you forfeit. Because um, I think they, they threatened Man City with that. I know they've won yesterday, but they had... Yeah, I enjoyed that last night. It was a good game. They had um, a couple of well, a couple of games postponed, didn't they? Um, and there was the threat that it would go to they'd have to default to Man United if if they <laughs> if they couldn't fulfil the fixture, <laughs> which would have been uh, fairly good to see how the uh, I don't media, know about that. The media would have uh, dealt with that because there'd have been awful lots of things said that have been fairly entertaining. I would have thought, but um, it, I watched some of that yesterday. It was a good game, wasn't it? 
Mm. Um, yeah, it was. Really enjoyed it. So, but yeah, I don't. We don't like to do predictions. I'm, I'm not a big fan of predictions, really. But I think it'll be a close game. Is all I'm going to say. Um, but I'd be hopeful of a of a good result. I don't know about you, Sunderland. Um, yeah, I'd not. I've I've not really thought about which way it might go. To be fair, mm. I'm 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 a little bit anxious about um, how enticing it looks for us on paper. Like I say, given their home form mm. up against our away form, we're the third best team in the league away from home. Yeah. So, um, you know, typical city's always there, isn't it? It is always there. <laughs> it's always the thing that, that that pops up in your mind, and I know a lot of people will say like, um, "And it's on Sky." Oh on yeah, Sky. No, that's that was doing the rounds the other day. I think. One but, yeah, like announced, like but... we said. The other week, we don't believe in that. No, we don't believe so, in that, and it'll be good to watch from home, from you know, six different cameras. So. Yes, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a League One day on Saturday, you know, because there's like Lincoln versus Portsmouth, Portsmouth I think, at twelve thirty, and then it's Ipswich versus somebody else. Don't care enough to know who it was, but yeah, that's, that's the five thirty kickoff. And then we're the seven forty five, aren't we? I'll, I'll be watching the the Lincoln game, I think. Yeah, I'm going to watch that because we haven't played Lincoln yet because it was postponed and I want to see how they play because I've not really had a chance to do that other than highlights. I've never seen mm. them play an actual full game. so um, And they're playing uh, Peterborough. So that's an, another team that's, you know, they did us, didn't they, earlier on in the season. So yeah. that should be a good measure of, of how they can play. Um, it's obviously at Lincoln's place as well, isn't it? So. Yeah, it's funny. I've never really been a fan of Mike Appleton as a manager, so it's strange to see him managing a decent side. Mm. Yeah, it is, it, yeah, it is quite odd. <laughs> we'll have a look and you know, see what they're like. Yeah, we'll pop back next week. We'll do our scout admission. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the scout report will will probably uh, amount to yeah they were good yeah good were bad mate yeah <laughs> did you watch no I didn't burn yeah I was cutting the edge on that but uh... <laughs> uh, don't 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 start that debate oh god funny <laughs> anyway um, there was there was a new feature I know you wanted to uh, just to to finish off on. That you came yeah, up with the idea uh, for that you'd stolen from a, from another podcast. Uh, well, yeah, Canadian radio. Yeah, Canadian radio. Um, there you go. A good <laughs> idea, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do every week is have a, a each of us pick out something from this week in Hull City's history. Um. So this week, um, as it would have been had we stayed in the competition, is usually FA Cup third round week. Mm-hmm. Um, so my um, look back in time is going back to the FA Cup third round and going back to 2006 when City played Aston Villa at home in the third round of the Cup. Yes. Um, and I think, if, if memory serves me right, it was the first time we'd gone straight into the competition at the third round stage for quite a long time. It was, because we were in the Championship then, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, it was our uh, first, yeah. first season back in the Championship, and it was kind of like the first Premier League side that we'd, um, we'd welcomed to the, the KC since we mm. kind of got back to a respectable level of football. Um, and I remember... I don't remember too much from the game. I was watching some of the, the clips back today. And, but as soon as I saw the goal, I could remember it. Like uh, We made, or we allowed Gareth Barry to kind of look like... All the time in the world, Messi. basically, yeah. 
he waltzed through midfield. Like we weren't there. <laughs> yeah, like going going on a run that he would probably never replicate again in his career. <laughs> and then he kind of came back to earth with his gut when he when he struck the finish because it took a massive deflection. I think it was off Leon Court and looped in over my hill. Um, but it was the game was never in doubt. Really, Villa were always kind of comfortably ahead of us. I think we had a, a couple of decent chances, and there was a shout for a penalty that we had turned down when Price was fouled. Canelo's not um, getting a penalty. That's not right, mate. Is it? <laughs> I know against the Premier League side as well. Would you believe it? Never. Um, but yeah, it's just one that I don't think you know didn't live long in the memory. Memory just because it was you know, so almost routine in a way. Mm. Um, Stuart Elliott had a decent chance towards the end of the game, but it probably would have been a little harsh on Villa had we forced a replay. Mm. And the team from that day is quite interesting. Um, Bo was in goal. Yep. Uh, Fran- France at right back. Centre-back pairing of Leon Court and Sam Collins. Bloody hell. Yeah, it was, it was around that time when we were trying to sign half of Port Vale's first team. Because... <laughs> um, Dawson was on, although he was subbed quite early on for Mark Lynch. Um, Jason Mark Price, Lynch. right wing. Yeah, I know. Uh, Keith Andrews. Yeah. Uh, Damien Demi Delaney in midfield. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the ones that Barry looks, uh, danced around, kind of made him look very flat-footed. Mm. Uh, Ellison started. Billy Painter played. He'd just been signed from Port Vale. Yeah. Uh, and Craig, Craig Fagan up front. Nice. Good old Fags there. <laughs> There's some decent players in you know throughout that team. Definitely, a lot, a lot of players there. I like. Um, I mean, from the same day. I mean, we have um, Tiger Base to thank for this. I think because I'd looked. We could we couldn't do this little bit without Tiger. No, we could have. So, well, I think we'll <laughs> at them in the episode because it's a great great fountain of knowledge that we can build from this, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, the one that I was going to choose um, was the, the same day in 2017, and I think it's quite quite a, an eye-opener to look four years ago um we played Swansea at home in the third round of the cup and we won 2-0 yes. um we had uh Abel Hernandez came off the bench to score uh and so did Josh Tymon a certain Josh Tymon we came on at left back yeah. for uh I'm not sure who we came on for to be honest I'm just looking at this oh, the starting lineup if you're interested in it always good to see really? uh what it was, it was four four one one according to my stats on here. Yakipovic in goal. Um, we also well, we had apparently we had David Myler at right back. I'm not sure that's hundred percent right, but I think it was that period he had where to he was playing at right back. We had so many injuries, yeah. um, so we had Myler. He looked all right there in the games yeah. that he played as well. Always a fan of Myler though. Um, yeah. Myler, Livermore, Dawson, and Robertson with a back back four. What a makeshift back four that is. Oh, Livermore centre back, <laughs> and he did okay there as well. Did, yeah, to be fair, well, it, I mean, I'll go through the the rest of the team and the Swansea team. The Swansea team wasn't necessarily poor; like it was a decent side. Um, then we had Hendrickson, Huddleston, Mason. Ryan Mason and Sam Klukas in midfield, and then it was Snodgrass behind Diamande. Um, right. And the be- the bench. What a midfield that is! What a midfield. Listen to this bench: Hernandez, Sean Maloney, James Weir, David Marshall, Josh Simon, uh, Bowen, and uh, Josh Claxton. What happened to that Bowen kid? <sighs> Don't know. I've not heard of him since, mate. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that 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 was a. Uh, a very makeshift defence, and we saw Swansea off. I think that was the was that the game that everyone boycotted. 
It was, yeah. It's about 4,000 yeah. inside. <laughs> no, get this, the attendance according to the BBC was 6,608, which isn't far off what we've been getting at points last season. <laughs> <laughs> and that was with a boycott. boycott. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, yeah, the, if, you do, if you're interested in the Swansea team, don't know if you are. Um, I am, yeah. Nordfeldt in goal, and then it's Norton, Van der Horn, Fernandez, um, <laughs> Kingsley. Stephen Kingsley played a left back, who was obviously he did play for us. Then it was um, he's doing very he's doing very well now, isn't he? In Scotland, Scotland, he is. Yeah, um, scored in the cup final the other week. So I saw, yeah, very pleased for him. Didn't really happen for for it with us, did he? But um, no. yeah, no. Leroy Fair, Jack Cork, Key, who was ex Sunderland player, I think, if I remember rightly. And then it was Nathan Dyer, Sigurdsson, and Baston up front. Um, Baston is uh, Sean Bean's French uh, favourite player. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah, bastard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had Lorente Routledge and Angel Rangel who came off the bench for them with Lucas Fabianski, uh, Jordi Amat, Leon Britton, and Jay Fulton on their bench. So that was four years ago. Oh, how times I didn't have go changed. to that one. I was I was boycotting that one. Yeah, no, I didn't go to that one either. But I remember watching uh, Josh Tymon score a very very smart finish goal uh, for the second in front of nobody. In front of nobody, <laughs> the poor lad. <laughs> so yeah, Marco Silva's post game comments are interesting for that one. But what did he say with that? We need the fans to support our team because to change the situation, to change our position in the table, we need them. With a good atmosphere, it's better. If the atmosphere is not good, I want my players to focus on things happening on the pitch. But I hope the next game we can change the situation. <laughs> what would he have thought during lockdown? Oh, God. Who knows? If he did like 6,000 fans there, imagine what it would have been like when only 2,000 would be let, let, let in when we were tier two finally in you know 2023. Um, Here's one as well. Paul, Paul Clement's comment saying, we found it strange. Maybe it was stranger for Hull than it was for us. It was quiet with not many supporters, which is different to what I've been used to All right, recently. fucking hell, calm down, Paul. Don't, don't rub it in, Paul. We know you're at Real Madrid, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, never worked for him as a manager, did it? I don't, I don't uh, remember no, him but... being really successful anywhere, but it was odd that, wasn't it? Because he did so well as a number two. He's very, very good for Real Madrid. Yeah, he was. Um just never the two to Zidane, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Just never really worked for him. But anyway, yeah, that was currently uh... currently managing in the Belgian first division. Is he really? Mm. Mm. Good stat. Always count on you for the knowledge. <laughs> that was this week. You count on Wikipedia. Yeah, this week in city history. Um brought to you by Tiger Base. <laughs> uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one to brought to you on by it. Tiger Base. We'll, we'll do that every week. Definitely. I'll make sure we at them in the episode so they uh, they get the credit for all the hard work they put in. Um, I know. Maintaining that website is a labour of love. Fucking is. Well done, boys. If you're listening, you may do, you may not, but you may do after this, after we tag you with the episode, <laughs> if you haven't before. Um, so... Same time next week, potentially, Rich. Um, yes, yeah. I'm not going out, so. No. <laughs> so we started this uh, this podcast in the first lockdown, and it's still going strong in the third lockdown. So yeah. some things remain constant, don't they? Something, yeah. This isn't the only thing that's <laughs> remained constant throughout all that time. But there we go. It's the oh, only dear. one we're in control that's of. That's right. So. so yes. Until next time, Forza Tigers. Forza Tigers. Forza. I'll see you next week. Bye. Our 
found it with COVID and uh, the stop-start nature? Yeah, obviously it's not easy because it's got a, um, you know, it keeps you very much on your toes. You go into one week and, like, as per this week, things can totally change. But as I say, we've got to see it as a positive spin on it. Uh, we managed our Christmas off and have a mini winter break. Those of us that were lucky enough not to catch the disease, so um, it's not ideal, but, you know, everyone's in the same boat. The league's pretty much equal in terms of how many games everyone's played, so it's not like one team massively behind, or Akron are probably the only team, but it's actually even itself out, you know, quite luckily, so in that aspect, it's not too bad either, so, um, yeah. It, 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 it's not easy, but I think everyone's doing a great job getting these games on, considering everything else that's going on in the country at the minute. Of course, it's very different uh, routine on the training ground, isn't it? It's not like it used to be. You can't get that camaraderie in the, you know, before training and after training. Uh, and that's all part of a team-building exercise and uh, also the morale and everything else. How have you found that? Yeah, it's... As I say, it's very different, you know, we're, we're arriving in our training kit, training, getting in our car, leaving, so it's, yeah, you're not really getting the change room or anything like that, but... The banter, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, we still have that bits and pieces before training, I don't feel like it's affected us too bad, to be honest. Um, you know, it might be a little bit different if we're bringing new, new players in January, and it might be a little bit harder for them to maybe bed in, but... You know, we'll cross that hurdle when, when we get there. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. It's not a season like no other, as I'm sure everyone else would be saying. But you just take... Um, you just look... We're lucky enough to still be doing our jobs. You know, there's plenty of people in the country that are unable to do their jobs and have stopped stop worse than ours. So, um, you know, I always just feel that we're, we're very lucky to be able to continue, especially at the minute. And, uh, you know... Don't, don't take that for granted. How surreal is it not to have fans there because it's the lifeblood of the sport, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's obviously... It, it, it's not what you want. You grow up wanting to be a footballer and play in front of crowds and, you know, excite crowds, score ball in front of a crowd. That's that's what you grew up dreaming about. Obviously, I think we, we only played in front of a, a crowd at Oxford and I felt like the, 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 the tempo and the standard of the game went... When, uh, through the roof because of that that extra crowd. I mean, it was only a thousand fans, but you know, after that, playing in front of empty seats seats for eight months, it it felt like there was a hundred thousand there. So, um, yeah, it's not easy, but again, everyone's in the same boat. But very much looking forward to getting getting fans back when it when it's all safe and well to do so. I think it's a bit of a sterile nature of, of the sport, you know. Um, and you've got to create, whatever you create, you've got to create it yourself. Sorry, say that again, Gwilym, sorry. Yeah, uh, do you think it's sort of made it a sterile sort of nature and anything that you've got by way of momentum and everything, yeah. you to create it yourself? Uh, yeah, very much. You've got to be able to be a good self-motivator at times like this, I think. Um, it's, yeah, you maybe just don't get punished for your mistakes as much, you don't get praise for your uh, for your goals or, or what or your performances as much but um, yeah I don't I don't think you'd have as many young lads want to be footballers um, if this was how it was going to be for the whole of your career but listen everyone's health and safety is first and 
own form or so. As long as it that is the case, and that's that that that's how it should be, you know. But if if someone told you that you play your whole career like this, it it definitely doesn't have the same uh, appeal. You're are you a player that needs that that needs it to lift and and thrive. Um, I wouldn't say I need it, but obviously. As I said before, it's it, it's what you come into the it's what you've always dreamed of. You, you dream of playing in front of tens of thousands of fans and scoring a last minute winner in front of crowds. You know, we we we've been lucky enough to to been in uh, good form this year, and you know when we've had big away wins like away at Ipswich, it'd be nice to celebrate with the fans after the game. That that sort of side of it you really miss, you know, because you, you're sharing it with 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 a lot of other people. But yeah, I think you have to be. Uh, a, a good self-motivated person at the minute but you know times like this are, are sent to test us and and, and what the, the strong will come through us leads us on to uh, the game on Saturday um, and you know what it's like playing at the Stadium of Light with lots and lots of fans um, yeah. does it make the game easier for you or harder for you do you feel um I don't know, because obviously we played Sunderland in the Carabao Cup at the start of the year. And um, I didn't really know what to expect, however. But uh, I came after the game. I, I didn't like it. So I don't know. I, I've obviously played games at the stadium like in, in house games or whatever. So I'm used to playing it without fans uh, from my time there. But um, it was just a weird experience, to be honest, going back there in a competitive game and there not being anyone there. But... You know, when the fixtures first came out and uh, obviously it was announced Boxing Day and me being ever the optimist was thinking, oh, hopefully by then we might be able to have crowds back and it might be, you know, Sunderland fans come in their droves for Boxing Day games as, as most footy fans do. And I was thinking, oh, you never know, we could have 40,000 there by the time you just don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, it was clearly wrong in that case, but... I, I um, I'm definitely one of those that would have, I would prefer it was a full house than uh, uh, um, empty seats and what's going to be. It, it, it adds to the drama of it all, isn't it? And that's that's basic. That's what football is. To give you an advantage, then going there, the fact that you have got thirty thousand hostile fans baying for your blood. Um, I'm not sure to be honest because you know if, if we start well and I think it works the other way up, up in uh, at the stadium of light. So. Um, it, it can work both ways. If we have a good start, then, then uh, it can put immense pressure on the Sunderland lads playing in front of that crowd. Um, but, listen, we're all so used to playing in empty seats now, I don't think it factors one way or another, really. Referees. Um, there's, <laughs> there's no home and away as now, is there? You think it's levelled it out a little bit in terms of the decisions that go which are more based upon facts rather than the crowd noise. Yeah, oh, I, I think you, you, you're definitely getting uh, less influence re- referees. But I, it's just human nature. How could you not be, you know, if, if there's 20,000 people or what have you screaming for a decision, you're going to be more inclined to give that decision really, aren't you? That's just human nature. But um, but yeah, I suppose that's one aspect of it where, where it kind of evens out the home and away way side of it. Well, after that bad run of three games on the spin where you lost, uh, you got back to winning ways. Um, and a winning isolation doesn't really cut it, does it? Because you see how much you can drop, uh, but how much you can go up the table 
um, if it's back to back to back to back wins, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, we've done that in a couple of runs this year, so we know we know we're capable of it. But that's ultimately, if you, if you uh, if you want to get promoted automatically in this league, you need to go on 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 winning runs. That's you know that that's that's um, that's obvious. It's uh, it was obviously disappointing the, the three defeats on the bounce, um, but that they're done. We, we beat a promotion rival on Saturday in Charlton, and we've got another one coming up. And yeah, as you say, hopefully we want to go on another another streak like we did at the start of the year, and and, and you know cement out our place in the in the top two in the division. Change of manager at uh, Sunderland. You think that's going to have a bearing on how they line up? It'll be a lot different from the Carabao Cup, won't it? Yeah, obviously uh, under uh, Phil Parkinson, Sunderland were playing a, a three or five at the back, and and under um, Lee Johnson they look like they went back to a four. So um, there's obviously been a tactical change there, and you know, you know, it's like when a new manager comes in, um, lads seem to get an, an, another spring and a step. Lads that might have fought that out of the picture, I think they've got a chance with this new manager training and intensifies. So it it definitely has a little knock on effect. But you know he's been there for what maybe he's a month now. Um, so so we'll see. He, he's um, you know they've had had some good results against Lincoln and what have you, and, and we've got to be really wary of them because they're obviously um, a team that are vying for the same things that we are this year. Yeah, indeed. Um, so how do you think the game's going to pan out? Is it a question of you know um, you sticking to your guns and going for them and trying to you know put them to, to bed as early as you can? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's absolutely ideal. If we, yeah. if, we, if we can do that, and that's perfect. But um, I think it'll be it'll be a bit nip and tuck. They're a very experienced side. You know, we've got no thoughts of going there. and We're going to absolutely blow them away. But we we've got to just focus on on our uh, how we approach the game and how we perform on the day. You know, we we will watch their clips, see see where we think their weaknesses are, see where their strengths are. But um, yeah, it's all about us performing on the day. Really, it's. Uh, it's um, how we set up, and, and hopefully we, we go with the same sort of attitude that we had against Charlton on Saturday. One final question to then, George. Um, how are you feeling? How are you going? Yeah, feeling. I'm feeling all right. I, 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 you know, whenever I feel a bit down at the minute in terms of not being able to see my friends or family, or I just feel like I'm lucky enough to be doing a job still that I love. So, um, in all the current climate. Um, yeah, uh, I, um, I'm I'm look I'm one of the lucky few. So I don't think anyone's finding it easy at the minute. But um, we're all in it together, and hopefully we're on the last leg now. But uh, but yeah, very much looking forward to to this to the summer and, and these vaccinations coming out and uh, like like the most of the country. Yeah, consistency of form, regardless of. You know what's going on around you in society as a whole, or with inside the club. Yeah. Got to be, from a professional footballer's point of view, um, there's any, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's it, it, it's a, it's a again lucky enough to have it because it takes your mind off a, a really negative time in everyone's lives at the minute. We've got something to focus on each week. Got training every day, so. Um, it's nice to have that sort of zen few hours where you're not worrying about different things or, or, or um, 
what what have you. So um, yeah, it's nice to have something to focus on each week and and and, and each day. So as I say, one one of the one of the lucky few in the country at the minute. Well, George, thank you very much. Lovely to talk to you. Um, keep that smile on your face, won't you? I will do. I will do. Top man, Willem. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Willem. Anything from you, Stu? Yeah, George, just, just the twice-weekly testing, does it put your mind at rest a bit, not just in terms of yourself but the family? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I touched there. I, I'm not really seeing my family anyway, just with... Um, um, sort of the vaccination so close. I had my mum coming down the stay when I needed sort of the house looking after and what have you on away games. But um, especially around Christmas when obviously the Prime Minister relaxes rules and stuff like that, it was all just a bit um, nervy because no one really knew what, you know, with the new variant out in the country and stuff, it was all it was all just majorly unknown. So um, the, the twice-weekly test, is, I think is a is a very good step. Um, you know, a lot of the lads live with family members or whatever. And if I if I was in there, but I would want to know um, straight away when when I catch it or what what have you, um, because you know obviously everyone knows the, the sort of the bugbear of the diseases you can have it and, and not know anything about it kind of thing and pass it on. So um, so yeah, I think it will. Uh, it makes a lot more sense to do th- this uh, twice a week testing. Um, Obviously, it's a really good initiative from the PFA to do that. And um, hopefully that means things can maybe move smoother in the future as well. You not have sort of last-minute uh, cancellings of games where, you know, the EFL has kind of been plagued with that over the last few weeks. So what, what was your Christmas like, George? Because you, you won't be used to having a Christmas off the last few years. But no, you all um, no, so I actually... Um, on Christmas Day, did the trip up and down just to see me dad because he kind of... You know, a couple of weeks before, his brother um, lives in London and his brother's family and my grand was going to come over to his. So, um, obviously, it worked out unbelievably that I was playing uh, Sunland away so I could, like, be at home. And um, kind of like when the Prime Minister doubled down on it, like, a week before Christmas, he kind of then got all the food in and what have you. And then, obviously, a couple of days later, got um, the, the guidelines got... Um, kiboshed so um so yeah um just went there and back but you know it was lovely i hadn't been home for so long um and just to see my dad after quite a few months was nice as well because you know we facetime quite a lot but it's not the same over facetime is it than, than being in real life so um so that was lovely um it was short but sweet but you know it was um it, it was more than enough for me and um yeah, then just it came back, came came back, and and it was back back to back to work. So, um, so yeah, it, it was it was it was weird not having a game Boxing Day, but I, in the end, there wasn't really many games in our league on Boxing Day, so it didn't change that much. But uh, but yeah, it was nice to have a, have a few more pigs and blankets on Christmas Day than I'd normally let myself have. Do you feel better for this uh, unexpected mid-season break? And do you think it came at a good time with the way results were? Yeah, I think that's how we have to spin it, Stu, to be honest. You know, there's no point thinking, oh, um, we're behind in games or whatever. Like You've got to... football, and especially at the minute, throws you weird, weird things at times. And we've got to, you've got to take that into a positive mindset. So um, we've had a little break. We've come back, got a positive result, you know, on a personal note. And then he's got a little bit lucky. I got an extra bit 
time to recover from from my injury. So um, that 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 was um, beneficial for me. So yeah, as, as it would have been a bit um, wouldn't have been great if we were again missing again this Saturday. With obviously the Wigan game got cancelled, we were lucky enough to get then play Sunderland. So that would have been a bit detrimental, I think, after getting a good result last week. But you know, well done everyone involved getting this game on, and um, yeah, hopefully we can cut. Go on a little run now of uh, positive results. And you've you've seen before what it's like to be in a team that goes down from the championship. How have, it, it's been impressive how quickly Hull have sort of shaken it off and sorted it out. How, how have you managed to do that? Yeah, well, to be honest, the two. So when it happened with Sunland, there's kind of been chalk and cheese at Sunland. It was kind of stripped to the bare bones. Everything was changed. New owners, new manager new playing squad, I think there was only five of us or something from the championship team left in the league, one team was Sunderland, um, whereas at um, Hull, we've obviously kept quite a lot of it the same, there's been a, a, a fair bit of playing stuff turnover, but everything's been kind of kept similar, and, and that's paid di- dividends for us really, um, kind of, maybe got the people out that we need to get out and brought in some really, really good characters, so um, yeah, uh, there's not really one right way, one one wrong way because you know we had a good season that year with Sunderland but um, obviously it's been a very good season so far with Hull and that's test, testament to everyone involved at the, at the club for, for turning it around like so quickly but like like, like being at Sunderland we're, we're only going to be judged if we go up at the end of the year and, and that's going to be the ultimate goal and the ultimate sort of um, um judgment at the end of the day if, if we go up then everything's been done well if we don't then uh, you know we're going to have to take a long look at ourselves in the mirror and obviously you, you mentioned a bit to Graham there about um, your first game back at the stadium like that I imagine that would be something you'd have probably looked forward to from the minute you joined Hull when it when it, you know whenever it was going to happen did it feel a bit sort of empty because of the lack of fans and, and yeah that, that's um, that's what I was trying to describe it was it was weird. I didn't really enjoy it because in my head I kind of built up about you know it being a, like um, a full house. Not not that season, but when I joined Hull, I was thinking, oh, we'll be we'll be playing in the championship, blah blah blah. Um, so yeah, it was weird. You, you couldn't even stay after the game and chat to the lads or whatever because of COVID. You had to get straight out and stuff like that. So it, was, it just kind of ended up being another game, really, which is as as horrible as that sounds. It's kind of how it was and. I assume that's what's going to be like again on Saturday, but um, obviously it's just different being in the away dressing room playing against the red and white stripes. It's, uh, it'll be it'll be weird again, but yeah, I've done it once, so I kind of know what to expect. So it's not it's not how I want it, but in in the grand scheme of everything, it's uh, you know it's 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 a tiny thing. At the moment. Of course, yeah. And if I could just ask you a couple of questions with Tuesday in mind, I mean, obviously yeah. the uh, the AFL trophies. Took down an awful lot, but I would imagine for you, it's probably one of the highlights of your career, wasn't it, Captain? Inside? Yeah, definitely. I think you know, once you start getting into the stages that we're at now, the knockout, you know, Wembley's in very much touching distance, and you know, I kind of felt that we were uh, when we got to the final. It was also against a, a, a big club in Portsmouth, so you know, ninety thousand, forty-five thousand split fans, you know. At, there's not any cup competitions get that because of how many corporate tickets there's stuff like that for your cup finals and, and that have so it was pretty surreal um, that was an unbelievable day and 
you know, hopefully days like that aren't, aren't too far away again in terms of fans and, and, and Wembley and so on. But, um, but yeah, I think what, what, once you, we've got to create a winning mentality in the club and no matter what teams the, the managers put out, it's the same mentality to go out there and win. And, um, you know, the lads have been great in, in the uh, competition so far. And now, as I say, when we're into the knockout stage, Wembley's not too far away now. So, uh, you know, it starts getting people's attention. Because I mean that was something Jack Ross made a big point of that season, and and Grant did as soon as this season started that he really wanted to give the cups a go. I mean, do you think do you think some managers maybe make a mistake at times writing the cups off when you can build a winning mentality and you can have experiences like you have? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think it depends on the manager's trust in his squad as well. You know, obviously, um, our gaff has got immense trust in in, in the squad, whoever plays. So. That's that's seen in in the games in one the size of our squad and two two who he's picked to play in it. So um, you, I, I would be very surprised if anyone goes into these games and purposely throws them. Do you know what I mean? No, no one does that. But yeah, I think it's very underestimated. We footballers want to go out there and win football games, no matter what the cup. As soon as you step on the pitch, you forget that it's a cup game, a league game, or whatever. You want to win that football game, so. The, the more often you do that, the, the the easier it kind of becomes, and that feeling, growing that feeling in a, in a, in a in a club is um, something that's um, maybe slightly underrated. And do you, do you think early season in particular, when you were sort of readjusting after relegation, that the, you know thinking of like the wins over Sunderland and Leeds and the, the the trophy wins were a big factor in in your league form and the mentality of Absolutely, I think you know it it. it it definitely could have been a, a different slant if we end up getting beat by Sunderland, not having those games against like, Leeds and West Ham. Um, because all of a sudden, the back foot straight away, you know, we started off well. We, we, we beat, obviously beat Sunderland on pens and then beat Leeds on pens, but we played, you know, one of our best performances of the season against Leeds. And that just instills confidence. And with, with a squad like ours, We've got 25, 26 players all capable of, pl- of playing for, for this for this football club. You know, the the lad, lads need games as well, so it keeps everyone. It keeps training motivated. It keeps everyone happy, and and that that's the way the managers use it. And you know, so far so good. And, and everyone that's been involved with with, uh, with with the cups has done has done a great job. And he's still looking to add to it by by the sound of things. I guess that's the sort of club you want to be involved in, isn't it? Where they're never standing still. Oh, absolutely! It, you know, you, your career is not not long enough to be at a club that that once is happy for where it is. You want to you want to keep pushing for as hard as you can and, and climb up the leagues and get through the cups. That's everyone wants a medal or, or or play as high as they can. That's that's why people become footballers. You know, people don't play just for, to tick off another game and and become middle mid table. That's not exciting. That's not what 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 you want to be involved in. Wise men say Only fools rush in But I can't help Falling in love with you Shall 
what it be Oh 